0: Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best selling authors, endless stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together. With chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing, these friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists, Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic, they got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern or listen and view later at your leisure.
1: Welcome to the Friends in Fiction Podcast. Today, we're talking Indies, independent bookstores. I'm Kristen Harmel. And I'm Mary Kay Andrews. Today, we're privileged to talk to Tim Ehrenberg of Nantucket Island and Laura Taylor of Oxford Exchange in Tampa, Florida.
2: Now, we all know that Indies are the lifeblood of our communities. They aren't just a place to buy books, as we'll see later in the discussion, but also a place that supports the stories that matter in both our books and our lives.
1: Let me tell you first about Tim Ehrenberg. Tim has been an avid book lover since before he could even talk. Originally from the Midwest, Tim graduated with a degree in history and religious studies from the University of Wisconsin Madison. Following graduation, he sang, danced, and acted his way around the country in various shows before moving to Nantucket Island in 2013. He's the social media director for the Nantucket Book Festival, a books contributor for Nantucket Magazine, and then marketing director for Nantucket Book Partners, which includes Mitchell's Book Corner and Nantucket Bookwork. Welcome, Tim. Hi. Thanks for having me. Great to see you. Or hear you. Thanks for being here with us, Tim. So first of all, we love indie bookstores. We talk about them a lot on Friends in Fiction, and so many of our readers adore them for a multitude of reasons. But tell us, why are they so important to not only the authors, but to the broader community of readers and writers, too?
3: Well, thank you. Once again, I want to thank you so much for having me. It is really an honor to be here with you both. And I want to say first and foremost, that if it wouldn't be for authors like you, our indie bookstores probably wouldn't still be in business because you guys championing our work is what is really truly what keeps it going. So thank you so much. I um, recently wrote a little post on Instagram about my love for bookstores that started so early. And bookstores for me were really my toy stores and my candy shops like and they were my books were my video games I didn't you know I wasn't really interested in video games I really just couldn't wait to get a new book and whenever my parents would take me to the bookstore I'd just kind of be let free within the shelves and I always remember my mom always says that she would come back to find me when it was time to go and I would hide in between the shelves I wasn't ready I hadn't decided quite which books I wanted to take home. And uh, my husband said that I still continue to do that to this day when he comes to find me to, <laughs> that we have to get going and I'll hide because I was like, I haven't decided quite what book. And I think that's just what, you know, the the joy of bookstores. The, your, the world is at your fingertips. I always called them kind of the time machine to the future and a time capsule to the past. Yeah you know, there's just so much there. I think I've, I found myself in, in books. I found friends in books. I found so many things and that's all, you know, libraries too, but a bookstore for me was just one of the best places that I could be. And it still continues to be. So the fact that I do this for a living now, it's a dream come true and it makes a lot of sense.
2: That's wonderful. Hey, Tim, your author interview series, Tim Talks Books, for those of you who haven't listened to it yet, is entertaining and informative. Would you tell us how you how and why you started this and tell us about some of your most memorable interviews. And you could also, you know, spill the tea on some of the some of the bad ones. <laughs> is there also is there anybody you're dying to get that you haven't yet?
3: Well, obviously Mary Kay Andrews and Kristen Armel, <laughs> of course. <laughs> we do need I do need to get you on there. I would really love that. So I started Tim talks books because, I mean, one of the positive things that have come out of this pandemic, and I hate to say positive, is someone having a little bit more time to do something maybe they've always wanted to do, and then creating that. And so I, earlier in the year, I I think this was another question too, but Reese Witherspoon was looking for a resident librarian and she put out an all call to send in a video application. And... I never usually do things like that. I'm always like, oh, there's, you know, there's going to be thousands and thousands. And why would I do that? But I do come from a career of performing and a history of performing. So I was like, you know what? You're not going to hear no unless you do it or yes. So I put together an application and then nothing had really come of it. And I decided when the pandemic happened and I had a little time, I was like, you know what? I can just maybe try this myself. And I, I really just wanted to talk to some authors to... You know, help me through the uh, through all of us through this pandemic. You know, my connections through the book festival and the bookstores. I just you know, I I loved talking to people. So we started. I started with Ellen, who I see pretty much every day, (laughs) Ellen Hildebrand and Nathaniel Philbrick and Nancy Thayer, and then I'm friends with Jody Pico, and I, I had so much fun with her. And I think the the thing with Tim talks books for me was just kind of asking authors new questions, not the same questions that they get asked all the time. Like, you know, you know, what's your writing process? Not that that's a bad question, but um, I wanted to just make it a little bit more fun. Like one of my favorite, I do a speed round with every author at the end. And one of my favorite questions to ask them is what their stage name would be. So I'm going to (laughs) ask you about your first pet and the street you grew up on. (laughs) Okay, Andrews, what would yours be?
2: Uh I would be Moosey Serpentine. Yes.
3: I would love to read a book by Moosey Serpentine.
2: Obviously it's a it's a picture book.
3: It's a picture book, yes. Right. But okay, every kid in a bookstore would look and be like, I want the new Moosey Serpentine book. <laughs> Okay, Kristen.
1: Mine is terrible. My first pet was a dog named Doctor Spots, so I would be Doctor Spots' footmel. <laughs> I, don't know. I feel
3: Like, I think another kids' author, obviously, but I would totally <laughs> pick up both of those books. It's things like that that I want to, um, you know, it, it's, I want to talk about everything, like the spectrum of this pandemic and you know everything that's going on, and then something really silly like um, your stage name. So.
2: Right, but you still haven't told us your most memorable interview.
3: My most memorable interview so far, I think, was... so every summer, well, not this summer, but I we would go. My husband and I go to visit the Van Leer family or Jody's family up at their lake house, and we always play games. And so I played a game of trades with Jody with her book titles, and that was really, <laughs> really, really fun for me because she we get really into games, and that was how the interview ended. And I also really enjoyed actually talking to Nathaniel Philbrick about how right now we're living through history. Anyone who doesn't know Nathaniel Fulbright, who wrote In the Heart of the Sea, and he's a historian and a an Antuck- local Nantucket author. And it was interesting just to talk. And I was a history major in, um, in college. And so I was really interested in his takes on what we're living through right now and what people a hundred years from now will be writing about and talking about.
2: I'm going to have to go back and listen to that one. What about the Blue Whale? What's the one you're trying to get but haven't gotten so far?
3: You know, I'm a huge fan of Stephen King. And I think I've I've been reading him, I mean, far longer than I probably should have. (laughs) (laughs) And I would just really, I have so many questions I'd like to. I was really close. I had a one connection through the book festival that had emailed him. And so, Stephen, if you're listening, I would really... I'd really like to interview you. (laughs) I love
2: him on Twitter.
3: Yeah, he's funny. He's, I, I mean, he just is someone that I would like, just like to have over for dinner. He's definitely one of my, if you could have four people at dinner type questions, he would be one of them.
1: That's awesome. Well, I can't, I, I, for one, can't wait to come on. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. <laughs> if that was a real invitation, I'm in. Well,
3: Of course. I just, I mean, I said right before this started, I just finished um, the book of lost names and I just adored it. So Thank congratulations.
1: You. On Thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
3: And Mary Kay Andrews. I begged, I begged Meg, the newcomer. I can't, my summer, ever since now that I can get these books in advance, I always would have books that come that my summer begins with the, you know, Mary Kay Andrews book, but now oh. I get them way earlier. So now my, my new year begins with the new one. So this
1: <laughs> we'll make sure you get one, Tim. Really
3: great. So I can't wait.
1: Or, or it's always summer with Mary Kay Andrews, right? That we can true. Say that. <laughs> I, I believe I've read that
3: bumper sticker or quote somewhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> can't escape it. <laughs> so, Tim, the Nantucket Book Festival team had to think on their feet this year to bring the festival fully online for the first time ever. Can you tell us a little bit about the challenges and successes involved with that? And what's it looking like for the festival in 2021?
3: Yeah, so um, Michael Schulder, who is on our committee, he just kind of jumped at the chance. I think he kind of always wanted to make the Nantucket Book Festival something a little bit more global. Same thing as me. It was kind of a thing that we had talked about in meetings before. But just when you're planning a four-day festival, it's hard to find the time and resources to start something like this. So it was always something... He has a podcast called Wavemaker Podcast, and he um, interviews a bunch of different people. And he just kind of took with it and ran. And the quality of these videos are just fantastic. And he is a great interviewer as well. We had all our writers lined up because we didn't really cancel until, you know, March. So everything everyone was set and we had such a stellar lineup, but like Samantha Power and Mitchell Jackson and um Sarah Broom. And so he just virtually interviewed them. It's a it's a really experience to watch it. It's not just two people talking. It's really uh, videos, pictures of them and pictures of what they're writing about. So it's um it's so great. We have started meetings about 2021. I feel that, you know, everyone is kind of zoomed out, I feel. So we're trying to stay innovative and not that we won't have those conversations, virtual conversations, because I think they're important for the people that would never be able to make it. And I know we don't want to seem tone deaf and just start planning ahead, hoping that everything is going to be back to normal in June of 2021. So, you know, I think everyone says they need... 2020 to end. But I don't think <laughs> on January 1st, there's going to be a light switch that everything is. So, so we're, we're working on it. I think, you know, I think there's ways to do events safely. In, in Nantucket was crowded this summer, but I think we, uh, you know, it's such a great community of people that really do care um, and taking the pre- safety precautions that we need to. So I'm hoping for some some in-person thing, but don't you know? I I don't know for sure, and I think like everyone in the world, we're just kind of yeah, we're just kind of guessing. But
1: do you think the virtual element is going to change how you do the festival beyond 2021 in the future? Like when the world is back to normal, do you see there being a virtual component down the line? Now that we've kind of gotten good at it,
3: yeah, definitely. I think what was so nice is that Michael got to revisit with authors from the last. So this would have. 2021 will be our 10th Nantucket book festival. And so he revisited with people that we've had five years ago and maybe four years ago. And it kind of, you know, we think of all those authors. I mean, even the authors from 2012, when it started as part of the NBF family So to revisit with them and see what they're working on might not have happened again at, because we have such a small um, roster of authors each summer, but it was really great to, um, and even, you know, I, um, interviewed Louise Penny and Jody and people that have been at the festival and to revisit with them was really great. So I hope that we continue that because I think it's ways to pull in everybody from the years.
2: Right. Now let's get back to the um, Reese Witherspoon book club application. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if you haven't seen it, you need to. And we don't understand how you weren't hired from that. (laughs) Tell us about how you did that and and what became of your application. I mean, can we we can still see it, right?
3: Yeah, well, I don't think I was supposed to post it. One of the rules was you're supposed to, um, you know, you're supposed to it's supposed to be there to post. But I think when the pandemic happened, she announced that in January and then everything happened. And there isn't one. So there is still hope.
2: Oh, <laughs> we can, you know, we can mount a, we can mount no. a campaign
3: for you. Tom. Vote for <laughs> I mean, Reese, see, I'm just expecting everyone to be listening. Stephen King, Reese Wheeler-Spoon. Reese, if you're listening, I'm still available. I am ready to be your resident librarian. Um, <laughs> I... You know, I was like, you know what? I would just be so perfect for this job. I uh, and so I was so excited to do it. And I, it was a minute and a half video that you have to do, and you're sp- there was all these things you had to include dance moves because she loved to dance and she loves to laugh, and so I have everything in there. I have. Um, bend and snaps from Legally Blonde (laughs) snapping a book thing. I have uh, a scene that I have a book in a bar and she and I have someone saying, you have a book in a bar, like the (laughs) Sweet Home Alabama skit. So I have all these things that pull it together and I, (laughs) I was really proud of it. And no matter what, even if she didn't see it or if they never have it, I was happy that I got to I posted it on my Instagram at Tim Talks Books. And so I am glad that you you at least enjoyed it.
2: <laughs> We're going to start a Twitter hashtag hire Tim.
3: Oh, no, please do. Please do. <laughs> I will follow that page.
2: I
1: am so in. This is like a new mission. Mary, Mary Kay, something else for us to do. That's we got right. it. We right. got it, Tim. <laughs> so, Tim, Nantucket boasts several very high-profile hometown authors, as you just mentioned. And Nantucket Book Partners has gotten very creative with the way they market special exclusive authors for people like Nathaniel Philbrick, Nancy Thayer, and Ellen Hildebrand. Can you tell us a little bit about the signed books and gift sets and the impact they've had on the bookstores?
3: So I think in the age of selling books online right now, you, know, you kind of have to create something that doesn't exist out there. Cause it's hard to compete with that must not be named. <laughs> um, and I understand it too. At the same time, I mean, some people can, It it is more shipping to support a, a, you know, indie bookstore, especially one on an Island. But at the same time, I think what, what we really try to do is create some things that you can't get anywhere else. And our signed gift sets, Are are truly Ellen, Nancy and Nat come in and I'm sitting there with the book and they can personalize it, you know, to, you know, my mom, Martha, and then, you know, you sign all the things Um, it's wrapped up in tissue paper. It has we included like an exclusive bookmark. Like for Nathaniel, there's a whale bookmark for Nancy. It's a, a custom one with her. For Ellen, it's a custom I'd rather be living in an Ellen Hildebrand novel bookmark. And it's wrapped up in tissue paper. And it, I mean, it truly is um something that like a lot of time is spent on packing it up and where, you know, Amazon, you're just a number. You're really not a number. I mean, I'm really refreshing the Page of the orders, and I see the order come in, and I say, "Okay, get that." Or you know, not just me, but the the whole staff at Mitchell's and Bookwork. It's just truly something that is priceless. You won't be able to get, and there won't be anything like it if it's personalized and it is truly yours. They make a great gift, I think. Even if you've read the the book, to have that on your shelf, you'll always have that. You know, I love. I used to, you know, my grandparents' books always had when you gave a gift, they would always write in it. And I would feel like it would always say to Keith, you know, from, and I think that that's something that, you know, just can stay in history within the family to um, know that your, um, your parents, your grandparents really enjoyed reading this book. So I feel like they're so, they're, they're really special. And I think they're the thing that I was really excited to feature To
2: Well, you know, Tim, you guys are on an island on Nantucket. So I wanted to ask you, do you have a desert island read? The one book you would take with you, just you and your husband and a book?
3: Hmm. Wow. That is so tough. I think it would have to be The Heart's Invisible Furies by John Boyne. Ah. I think that's my favorite book of the last decade. Um, I'm also going to say, I mean, East of Eden by John Steinbeck has always been my favorite classic. Um, so that would be up there. I don't know if I could just have one. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Well, it's, it's our Island. So I'm going to give you those, both of those. <laughs> <laughs> if we're making the rules, I'm going to, I'm going to give you two.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you.
1: I like this Island already. <laughs> Tim, what do you want to tell our listeners as we head into the holiday shopping season?
3: I think, I mean, I kind of mentioned it, but just that, you know, most of the day today I was at Mitchell's and the orders would come through and Sue and I and Christina were going through each one of ones that we had to you know, we're a small business. We're, you know, we're very small and but yet we're operating with the loyalty of customers or people that you know, Ellen and Nat and Nancy have been so gracious with their time and with their um being able to put that out there to support us. And that it, it's just something that I don't know if our doors would be open without things like that. So I think it's just that yes. Shipping might be a bit more, and you you know everyone is used to Prime shipping, that is free, and then you see a Priority Mail that's you know six seven eight dollars, and you kind of you're shocked because it's really not a thing anymore. You know, I think just know that the appreciation and the and the love that goes into wrapping up your books or getting your books ready, or the signing of them, or the inclusion of a bookmark is something that is really important, and I think you see shopping local and supporting local so much, but then just really realizing it that it's like, Oh wow, there are probably only two or three people that are really doing all of this and and getting it together. And that it's a more of an experience to get your book than just, you know, it thrown in with some laundry detergent.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There are real, I love that there are real people on the other end of, of that experience and they're choosing books they're recommending books, they're wrapping them. And-, and
3: we have a whole conversation. I mean, you know, will be we'll see a we'll see a book order for, you know, the Book of Lost Names or Beach Town, and they will talk about it. Like if we, you know, if we've read that or we'll be like, oh, I have to read that, or I saw that somewhere. So like the, the staff talks about it. Sometimes if there's people in the store, then you know that. So it's like a whole a lot's going on with your order that you probably don't even really realize.
1: I love that because it's kind of that idea that even if we're not able to go into your bookstore right now, we're still in a way going into your bookstore. I mean, we're still having that interaction, even if we don't know it, which I think is kind of a beautiful thought.
3: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
1: Well, Tim, it's been so wonderful to have you with us, and I hope we're all sitting down face-to-face to have these discussions really soon, to talk about books, to talk about community, and to talk about our favorite Laugh Out Loud stories with you. Thank you so much for being with us today.
3: Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure, and I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much, and happy holidays, and stay safe.
2: You too. Now we welcome Laura Taylor. Laura is the bookstore and programming director for Oxford Exchange in Tampa, Florida, right across the bay from my hometown and Kristen's. Oxford Exchange began with a mission to create something that would cultivate community and conversation. Designed in the spirit of human engagement, Oxford Exchange is ultimately a gathering place housing a collection of ideas and experiences under one roof. Just as the name Exchange suggests, They drew inspiration from the historic clubs, libraries, and shops of London, whose charm and history seemed to spark spontaneous social interaction. Oxford Exchange opened its doors in 2012. With a restaurant, champagne bar, housewares, event space, shared workspace, and a full line of branded merchandise, it's so much more than just a bookstore. Welcome, Laura. Hi, how are you today? Good. We are so thrilled to talk to you. First, tell us, you know, we all give lip service to indie bookstores and we love them. And if you're listening to this, you know, we love them. But first, tell us why indie bookstores are so important, not just to the authors, but the community of readers and writers. Well, you know,
4: for me, one of my first memories with the bookstore was sitting on the floor with stacks of books and just, you know, piled, piling them all up and thinking about, you know, kind of the all the possibilities and all the secrets and all the stories. And I feel like today we still need that. You know, when you walk into a bookstore, you're walking really into the bookshelf of the community. So it really reflects upon you know, the thoughts, what people are talking about, you know, the customers. I know for us as an independent bookstore, we restock the books that sell. So, you know, if, if we know there's an author or a style, it's, it's really tailored to our customers and what our customers love and, and what they buy and just conversation. I, can, I can't think of the various things and just the variety of, of everything that we talk about with our customers. And I love it. It's always kind of funky so
1: (laughs) i love that idea of it being a the bookshelf of the community that that was so well put and um such a reminder of why independent stores in every community are so important so laura on the oxford exchange website you have a great quote from einstein if at first an idea isn't absurd there is no hope for it does that mean something in relation to your store
4: Oh, absolutely. Oxford Exchange is owned by a sister and brother, uh, Blake Casper and Allison Adams. And, you know, they had the idea. They wanted a bookstore and then a a restaurant and they saw the space and then it became an event space and a commerce club. And they wanted it to look a little bit like otherworldly, like Europe. And, you know, everyone was like, well, that's crazy. That's absurd. Nobody's going to want to go to that, you know. Bookstores are dying. You're never gonna do well with that. And you know, the shops and it just seemed a little too kind of vague and bizarre, nobody could imagine what it would be like. And people thought they were crazy. So that was probably about two years in the building and now ten years later. And you know, it's just it's fantastic. So I, I think there are other places like it. It's it's really got a great heartbeat. You know, we really it feels like a busy train station or a hotel lobby, and it just has it was this crazy idea that people really didn't think it was going to work. And it it really did. So,
2: you know, I love old, anything old, especially historic buildings. And I know Oxford Exchange is housed in a historic building. How, what was the building before? And how does that history play into the space that you all have planned and the experience you offer there?
4: Well, you know, Tampa has University of Tampa is right across the street, and there was the old Tampa Hotel. So there's a a rumor, and historians sometimes debate it, but we're pretty sure that it used to be an old horse stable Ah. for the (laughs) hotel across the street. So in the design, there are different things that were really kept from the old building. There was uh, basically the arcade, which was where the two streets were joined throughout the building. So we really do have a long hallway that joins Kennedy and Grand which you can walk down and it's also sloped which is how they used to make horse stables because the water would be able to drain down so it still has that slope in a way and in effect when you walk into the bookstore it's like you're really kind of walking down into a a ramp and it's just kind of slowly pushing you down to the restaurant and the coffee and ultimately the champagne bar Kristen
2: (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait to visit that store once COVID is over
1: I'm telling you it's like the best place in the universe I'm I'm Um. not even yeah (laughs) um so you just mentioned all of these places within the walls of oxford exchange um and as you pointed out the champagne bar being my favorite and you know (laughs) of course why not um so oxford exchange has such a variety of offerings under one roof do you think that being so diversified has helped you to survive during the pandemic
4: uh, yes. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, for us in that terrible time when everything was closing, the restaurant was able to operate as a to-go facility. So to give you an idea, with all the the businesses together, we have over a hundred people that work here. And so when we had to close down and we were basically, you know, down to just, you know, the managers. So there were about eight or nine of us in the building and, you know, being able to even have you know, the to go side of it, where we could have people in the building to do that really helped, you know, we were still able to keep some people on the payroll for that. And in addition, you know, we were able to suggest to people that, okay, if you're picking up your to go, pick up a book. You know, or pick up a candle from the shop or, you know, and so on the on the uh, to go menu, the food menu, we would have it it would be a chicken burger and, you know, a book, you know, maybe (laughs) untamed or something. So we would pick one or two books every day and we'd have the John Grisham or something or the Eric Larson. I can't remember the books that were landing at that time, but. It, it was really hard because anyone who released a book, uh, during the pandemic, I mean, they were just really, they didn't get the do, you know, pomp and circumstance that we know, you know it is so hard. So, so it did help. It, it really helps to have diversity and, and different things in the building, just like everything. It's, it's just, yeah. you know, it's great having that. So.
2: Now, if the name of the Oxford Exchange sounds familiar to our Friends in Fiction family, that's because they are the store that is currently offering our amazing Friends in Fiction first subscription club. Laura, would you tell us about the partnership and how it was conceived and how it's, how's it going so far?
4: Oh, wow. It's fantastic. It's so fun. <laughs> um, it's it's just the whole idea that Kristen had contacted me and she wrote this really long email. And you, you can tell she writes books. <laughs> you know, we Mari, know about you know. those
2: long emails. <laughs>
4: Sorry, guys. So well thought out. It was perfect. And everything was there. And I think my answer was probably five words. Absolutely awesome. I'm in. You know, it's just like, (laughs) love it. Yes, we can do that. So, but it was just, you know, it's such a a great idea. We have a a first edition club. And I, I think we've just always, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But to be able to see five authors get together and really kind of, you know, take, control of it and, you know, put it in a way that is easy for their fans to to get and to read and to really join along in the journey throughout the year as the new books come. And to be able to partner with the bookstores, it's such a great different way about it. So because we do, there's been another author partnership that we've been lucky to have this year. And um, that's really the one good thing that's come out of COVID is the reality that or the realization that we can partner with authors directly and together we can, you know, get the books to the readers, you know, so it's great. We're, we're definitely happy to do it. I'm a little afraid of the fulfillment that's going to happen in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) But right now, I feel like it's an if you build it, they will come type of thing. So once we have all this business, then we're going to figure out how are we going to fulfill (laughs) all of these books.
2: Yeah, for those of you who don't know, the Friends in Fiction first uh, subscription service is all five of us. We all have books coming out pretty much rapid fire starting in March of 2021 with Patty Henry and then Christy Woodson Harvey is April and I'm May and Mary Alice Monroe is May and then bringing up the rear is Kristen <laughs> we do you get a month off right exactly mm-hmm. so to
1: catch up <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah Kristen will be out in July right yep mm-hmm. July
1: 6th and that'll, and so that'll we, be so if the you last. subscribe
2: yeah if you belong to that club subscribe to them. we hope everybody will You'll get those books and you'll get a tote. And if you subscribe pretty soon before Christmas, you'll get one of these really cool ornaments that Kristen – did you design them, Kristen?
1: Oh, I mean, if if by design you mean slapped our logo on the, yeah, that's <laughs> the what ornament I mean. and then typed yeah. some words under it, yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, that's what that is.
1: And, you know, and of course, all the books are signed first editions, right. So it's it's a really unique thing to get. And it's funny, Laura, that you mentioned receiving the email from me because I'm sure, you know, I, I did my best to sound cool, calm and collected. But we were like, we hope she likes us. We hope she wants to do oh this, We, you know. <laughs> and then you sent the email back and we were all together. And I think I ran into the kitchen. It was like, she wants to talk to us. She wants to talk to us. So it, it was, you know, we were as excited as you were. And we're just thrilled to be excited. doing this
2: partnership with you. I think there might have been champagne involved too, right? Yes. Right, Mary Kay? <laughs> yes, there was definitely. We were all together on at my beach house on Tybee Island. Um, so, Laura, thanks so much for joining us today. But I've got one last question, and I just asked our other bookseller, Tim from Nantucket Books. What is your desert island read? You know, the one book that if you were shipwrecked, you would have to have with you.
4: Okay, first of all, this is a very unfair question, because it's just not fair to have to pick one book.
2: Well, we <laughs> did let Tim have two, so you can have i I'll let you have a second one. <laughs> well,
4: actually, what I thought about is that being a, a bookseller, I've heard, and I, I know it's something among a lot of booksellers, that every bookstore needs at least one copy of Infinite Jest, ah. Um, ah. but I have never read it, so <laughs> I <think> of, <laughs> because it's just so daunting, and it's so huge. <laughs> <laughs> and there's all of these, you know, additions and subtext and everything. So I think if I uh, had to choose one, it would definitely be Infinite Jest because it would last me a while until, <laughs> you know, I was rescued.
1: <laughs> that is a fantastic answer.
2: <laughs> I could deliberate. So yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> that would certainly be my Anyway, book. Laura, thank you for joining us today. And everybody else, keep your ears out for more fascinating bookish interviews coming up from the Friends and Fiction Podcast. I'm Mary Kay Andrews. And I'm Kristen Harmel. And this has been the Friends and Fiction Podcast. Join us again soon.
0: You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction Podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com as well as on the Facebook group page Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye!